All right, everybody, welcome to this next edition of the Here for the Truth side chat series. I'm Joel Rafidi, as you know, and as I say at the beginning of every single episode, and I got my co-host Erasmus with me in the house as always. And today it's just us, something which we don't do enough of, in my opinion. Um, but hopefully we can have some more solo chats and. Particularly, what I wanted to focus on today was I've been getting, you know, lots of questions and inquiries, and I feel like there's a lot I haven't responded to in terms of um, moving to Mexico. So I've been living in Mexico for six months, pretty much exactly um, at, at this point in time. And just wanted to give you guys an update. Um, so in February this year, February 3rd this year, me and my family, so me, myself, my wife, my two daughters, um, we flew from Sydney um, initially via Vancouver because at that point in time, we couldn't fly through America because there were still mandates um, for unvaccinated non-citizens coming through the US. So we flew through Vancouver um, to Mexico. We began our journey in Mexico City. We were there for a week. Um, and now we've been here for six months, having since been living in Mazatlan and now play at Del Carmen. And just wanted to, I guess, give you guys uh, an update on how that's all going. How you doing, Erasmus? I'm doing well, man. It's nice to just be with you on, on one of these side chats. It's been a while. Uh, I know yeah. things have gone on in our lives. Um, you with your big move and me, everything that I got going on. And um, yeah, man, excited just to kind of have a little chat. And shoot the shit for a bit. Um, I guess like what I, what I, I mean, I know we talk often, but I think uh, yeah. I definitely want to know, like, what's the biggest challenge? Like, what was the biggest challenge of one, making that decision and two, like over the last six months of transitioning? Transitioning, yeah. huh? Not transitioning, you know, to, you know, transitioning to a new place of living. <laughs> when I said, right when I said that, I went, oh, is he going to pick up on that? Or well, he did. Yeah. I mean, there's, there, there's many, there's been many challenges. There's been many challenges along the way. This is an entire life upheaval that we're talking about. You know, I'm not, I'm not single. I'm not just in a relationship. I've got a family. I've got two kids. I've got two daughters, um, you know, and we decided to literally, when we were in Sydney, we made the decision in about October, we booked our flights and we said, we're going to sell everything, everything that we own, pretty much all the entire life that we've accumulated up until this point, including our car. Um, and we're going to fly to Mexico, you know, cut all the cords, cut all the strings and, uh, and have, have a new experience and see where life leads us. Um, so navigating, you know, for, for familial relationships and, you know, as well as everyone's emotions um, throughout that process has been a primary challenge for sure. Uh, and I mean, absolute utmost respect and hats off to my wife, Alyssa, for the way in which she's able to continually hold us down and move us forward um, in, in, in that regard, particularly on the family side of things. My wife, Alyssa, is a manifester. There's no bullshit going on there. She sets her mind to something. She's all in as well. And, you know, she moves the needle forward. And, you know, it's part of the reason we make a pretty powerful team, in my opinion. And then so we sold everything, man. And then February came. We jumped on that plane. You know, and and we literally left Australia with no thought of thinking that we're going to move back there or, or or live there again. And throughout the entire process, man, you know, initially it's been very uns unsettling, I guess, particularly with the family, with kids that need stability. You know, 
we, we, in the initial five months, we moved seven times in that period, which was huge. Flying around the world with, you know, six or seven suitcases with two families is a challenge as well. Um, and I would say on top of that is just like finding the place that we really resonate with, you know, finding the place that actually suits us, finding the place that we feel good energetically, that fills our cups on all levels, you know, materially, spiritually, physically, uh, emotionally, you know, we, we knew that it wasn't going to be easy. We, we knew that, you know, that wasn't all going to happen immediately. We weren't going to find that immediately. Um, you know, so we were out there, you know, we let, uh, we left the, we left the bay with our boats knowing that was going to be a challenge. And I would say, you know, community is, is another, uh, big challenge which has been a theme throughout, you know, not having community, feeling as though we're even more so stuck in a bubble um, and within our own echo chamber and no one really understanding our situation, particularly in the beginning. So initially, we decided to book the first three-month lease um, from Sydney before we even flew to Mexico. And the city that we decided to start living in was Mazatlan. So this is on the west coast of Mexico. Um, you know, towards, towards San Diego, a bit North of Puerto Vallarta, if people are familiar with that, we decided to, we chose that place, um, because we hadn't been there before, you know, cost of living looked really, really appealing to us. And, you know, we saw some great feedback from some of the online Facebook expat communities. Now, when we first got to Mazalan, like we, we pretty much immediately knew that the accommodation that we booked wasn't ideal for us. So I wouldn't recommend people to book stuff before having seen the place and really committing to like a lease in that regard. Um, we ended up forfeiting that lease and paying additional to leave that lease early, you know, but that, that, that was our, that was our starting point. Now, what I would say about Mazatlan is that, um, if you're a family, that's not the place to go to at all. The expat community there is extremely old. Um, I'm talking about like 70, 80 plus Americans, Canadians, pretty much just wanting to, you know, drink and live out whatever, you know, their retirement dreams are at the pub. Um, and it's very, very, very authentic Mexican as well. So, you know, that might be some people's vibe for us. Uh, it wasn't, we were looking for a bit more of an international community, um, a bit more of a younger vibe where there are young families as well, trying to navigate life in the same way um, that we were. So within two months, we made the choice to bounce at a Mazalan and try somewhere new. Um, there were some positives about Mazalan, you know, in terms of the historical zone of the city is quite beautiful, you know, as, as the observatory, the cliffs, as a tourist, I would, I would recommend it. But in terms of living there, you know, it wasn't my vibe personally. But we met for the first time in Mazatlan, bro. That's what they say, man. That's uh, that's the first time we met back in April, where Sophie and I, and my wife, we flew down and uh, hung out. It was it was incredible. It was pretty surreal the first couple of days, because when you when you spend two years or so looking at someone in a box on Zoom and then see them in person and hug them and hang out with them, you're like you're like, what the fuck? This is wild. Uh, we had such an amazing time. Uh, love bro, it was trippy him. it was trippy as fuck bro it, it was, was trippy as all hell seeing it, you that it, first time yeah it took me a couple days literally like a couple days to actually settle in and realize that we were in the same place and that we were meeting for the first time yeah um, but then you know we, what we spent about four or five days together and uh it was great and then of course you ended up coming to visit me and topanga here and spending a couple of weeks with us 
uh, whenever that was, uh, June, I think. Yeah, June. Yeah, your June, your birthday. Yeah, man, that was that was wild. Um, you know, just all of a sudden going from this to then like your energy there in person, you being there in person. I remember just like every like someone would just look at each other, and be like, "What the hell? You know, yeah, like, yeah, this yeah. is insane." I mean, how, the reality is, how often does that happen? How often do you meet someone online and then align to such a degree that then you're going to start a, an entrepreneurial journey together? Yeah. Um, I don't think it happens super often. You know, I could be wrong. Um, and then like, and then, <laughs> and then go from it being in online to then actually meeting a couple of years later and then continuing yeah. it, you know? I could imagine some people like meet in person and then they're just like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if this is going to work anymore. <laughs> Yeah, 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 totally. Um, if anyone wants to see the footage of us meeting for the first time, it's on our Instagram page. Pinned, pinned up the top, you can check that out. Um, yeah, it was fun. It was fun. Um, yeah. So, what inspired the move? What inspired the move to? Because you're in Playa del Carmen now. Was it just all the things you mentioned? You were like, it just wasn't feeling right. You didn't have community, and you yeah. wanted to change. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm in Playa del Carmen now. So you know, in Mazalan, yeah, and energetically, things didn't feel right. Um, our surroundings, we didn't really vibe with. Um, and we visited Playa del Carmen in 2016, my wife and I, and we we loved it when we first came here. We fell in love with Mexico um, through visiting Playa del Carmen. And, you know, we didn't choose it initially because we're like, you know, what else is out there? What's on the West Coast as opposed to, you know, we're, so we're in Playa del Carmen. So this is the Caribbean. Mazatlan's on the Pacific Ocean. This is on the Caribbean Sea, you know, in the Yucatan region, the Riviera Maya. Um, so, you know, we knew that we had a history of liking this place. So, you know, we decided to, to come here. And uh, we absolutely love being in player. You know, to me, this is a very energetically high vibing place. Um, very international community. Lots of, you know, like-minded young families who share the same values as, as us. And the signs that this has been the right place for us, you know, have been astronomical since being here. Um, you know, even the, fir the first night we were here, the very first night in Playa del Carmen, you know, we had dinner. And then next to us, there was just, you know, a family that started talking to us and we ended up being on the same page about, about many things. Um, the food here is really good, really nice international cuisine. Whereas in Mazatlan, again, you know, it was more authentic Mexican only. Um, if, if, if you're into that, also the language barrier, you know, in, in Mazalan was a lot more difficult here, you know, English really isn't a problem, um, for, for, for most people and man, just being on the Caribbean sea is so, so, so beautiful, man. My kids, they absolutely love it. Um, my four-year-old Valley, like, you know, she learned to swim within you know, the first two weeks of being here without, you know, really having swimming, having swum you know, to any extensive degree before. Now she swims by herself, you know, self-taught pretty much. Um, and yeah, it just, it just feels really good, man. The lifestyle is definitely conducive to, you know, who we are and, you know, the kind of things that we're trying to create. And uh, it's interesting. So to me, like we're living in the prime real estate section of Playa del Carmen. In terms of cost of living, I wouldn't say that it's that much different to be honest with you, um, from Sydney in terms of, you know, rentals. Um, Mazatlan is definitely cheaper, definitely much, much more affordable in that regard, but there are, you know, some losses there. Um, so from a, from a rental perspective, like 
you know, the cost of living is 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 quite sim- is quite similar when it comes to restaurants and eating out. I would say it's definitely significantly cheaper. Um, so when we first started here, we were in a condo, um, and then we left to visit you in Topanga, California, and then we came back to the same complex, but we moved into a different condo. And the first day we came back, so I was chilling in the pool with my fam, um, and then this guy, this Canadian guy comes up to me and like within 45 seconds, we, you know, literally went from where are you from to, oh, wow, you're not vaccinated either to, you know, literally being on the same page about so many things. He's into Alpha Vedic, he's into Alexek, he's been following all the peeps for the longest time. He was surprised he's never heard of Here for the Truth. He's got a wife, he's got a young daughter as well. And like, you know, it was literally one of the once in a lifetime meetings, similar to you and I, um, you know, and they just committed to being here in Playa del Carmen as well. So we have community now. We have really good friends. My kids have, have you know, a, re- a really good friend. My wife has a really good friend. Um, and yeah, it just really feels good um, being, being, being in player, you know. So I haven't explored other, other sections of Mexico. You know, initially we were thinking Puerto Escondido. We we're thinking maybe San, San Miguel Allende. But, you know, I feel like we're in a really good thing here. And where I currently sit, like we have no intentions of going back to Australia whatsoever. And that's the other thing that I wanted to touch on is like, all right, sure, you make the call to move. And much of what motivated that, you know, was I saw how intense Australia got during those COVID years. I think there's a part of me at that moment of time that made the decision that if I can leave in the future, I will leave. Obviously, plus, you know, now having a bit more financial security and location freedom with an online business. But the experience of freedom like internal freedom um being here like the energetic density immediately is so much less than what it was in australia you know the red the red tape just is pretty much non-existent you know in australia you cough you're going to get a 700 dollars fine um with here that's just not a thing whatsoever um so i feel like the people in sydney you know because of how tightly controlled and regulated everything is Everyone kind of is on, is on like an energetic tightrope, so to speak. I think that's felt throughout. Whereas here, man, it's the load is just less immediately. Like looking at Mexico and looking at my experience so far, like when it comes to these agendas, when it comes to globalism, it's a long, long, long time before that actually takes root, if it ever does in Mexico, um, in, 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 in my opinion, and from what I've experienced so far. And so I think we can so often get caught in a bubble, you know, in the countries that we live in and think that the entire world is experiencing this. The entire world is going this way. There's always a constant fight, a constant battle, a constant grind against, you know, these agendas playing out in all the different ways that we do. But like here, it's like not even a thing. Um, and so when it comes to our values as a family and, you know, a key one, obviously being freedom. Um, in terms of where I currently live in Playa del Carmen, that's very, very conducive to that. Thanks for sharing, bro. I'm surprised you didn't move to Tulum. <laughs> oh man. So we visited, we visited Tulum, um, when a few friends, a couple of friends, uh, from Sydney came about a month ago. Now I did not have a good experience there whatsoever. You know, so many people talk about Tulum, you know, very much. They think it's like the Byron Bay of Sydney. I would much prefer Byron Bay than Tulum. Like Tulum, the infrastructure is, you know, completely undeveloped in many ways. 
Um, and there's like a certain, certain sections that are just catered, you know, to these real spiritual quote unquote, uh, tourists. Whereas, you know, the rest of the region is like totally suffering and totally incongruent with everything that you hear and see about Tulum. Um, you know, I even got my first fine in Tulum, uh, for parking slightly illegally. The cops over there took the number plate off my car and made me follow them back to the station, uh, to go and pay the fine. Literally, like, took the number plates off the car, which I thought was hilarious. Um, but yeah, Tulum, if you're asking me personally, for those listening, eh, I wouldn't bother. But that's just me. But, you know, if you want to go have the experience, go see for yourself. That's just my two cents. Yeah, man, of course, everything is, you know, a personal experience and where you stay has a lot to do with it. If you're just on, if you're just staying at a resort and you don't leave um, and you're on the beautiful sea and you don't leave like a hundred, you know, meters, you're just hanging out, you're just doing your thing. You know, I mean, that was my experience. And you know, I went in 2012 for three weeks before I moved, after I left New York City to move to LA and I didn't do anything. Now, again, tourism has gotten a little crazy in the last 10 years. Uh, and it's definitely been like the hotbed for the so-called spiritual community. And I'm yeah. sure you can go there and have some nice retreats and enjoy yourself. But um, but I hear what you're saying. I've heard that from other people that like when you get outside of like the main resort area, um, you know, things aren't. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's different. Like you can go to a holiday anywhere and enjoy it. If you're just, you know, locked in, locked in a resort, you're catered to, yeah. you're there as a holiday, you know, you're leaving, et cetera, you know, but when it comes to really understanding the nuances of a place and exploring and filling it out, you know, that's the, you, you get a different sense of each particular city uh, for sure. Um, yeah. And again, it's press preference. Like I'm not really into highly touristy places anyways in general, you know, so. Yeah, man, I hear, I hear. So like, just, just, to, just to recap, in the first five months, we literally moved seven times, you know? So that was huge. That was, you know, like, like my, my, my relationship like was pushed to the edge, um, you know, as, as, as a result of, of navigating all that um, in many ways, you know, obviously things that had to come up, you know, and lots of growth, lots of challenges have been overcome and deeper connections have been formed, um, you know, as, as a result of, of the experience. But if you are looking to do something like this, you know, you just need to be emotionally and mentally prepared that this, you know, is not an easy endeavor, you know, um, especially if you have children, it's going to take some time. It's going to take some time to adjust, to regulate, to settle, um, you know, to figure out what you're actually into, what you're not into. And that's been a big part of it as well. Like we have, we have so much more awareness about what we actually like as a family, what we actually want as a family, um, than we would have ever had simply, you know, living, I guess, in Wollongong, a uh, couple, an, an hour south of Sydney where we were. And so, yeah, yeah man, we, we're currently here in Playa. You know, we were locked into a six-month lease roughly from this point in time. So it's felt good just to settle, to soak in, to get in a deeper workflow, um, you know, and to have some regulation and begin to, you know, know ourselves and, and, and heal on a, on a deep, on a deeper level, um, all, all in all, you know, I don't know, just from what I sense and from what I gather and from the conversations that I have, you know, with friends still in Australia and Sydney, you know, and, and, and New South Wales, I just, I just think, you know, the totalitarian march will continue um you know to whatever extent it does um 
sure you, you can be there you know for the fight you can withstand it you know you can feel it you can hold the fort down um as as, as much as you like you know we're not all walking the same path whatsoever but i really value my life i really value my experience um i really value freedom particularly being as outspoken um as as i am you know back in back in the COVID eras, as you guys know, I had multiple run-ins with the police, you know, um, multiple court hearings over COVID fines and public health orders. Um, it was very, very, very energetically draining. Um, so all in all, I would recommend definitely at least play Del Carmen as, as, as a spot to live. I'm sure there's other amazing places to live within Mexico. Um, but yeah, you do you go have the experience, you know, got this one short life to live know thyself on the deepest levels understand your values and try to act accordingly yeah man i mean i was just about to bring that up um you have to know what you value first and foremost before you move to another place or like you said like you figure out what you want when you realize what you don't want and so you go to a place you go to have a new experience and you go well you know what this isn't what i really wanted and then you pivot and you adjust and I wanted to go back to something. You it's know, the authentic path, man. That's yeah. that's how this whole podcast started. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah exactly. But it, I want to highlight something um, around like when we make decisions. You know, a lot of times a certain part of us will make a decision. We have this idea. We have this fantasy. And we're like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna move to a new place, or I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave this relationship, or I'm gonna do this, and and it's gonna be amazing. And yet, when you experience the reality of something, you have to have the psycho-emotional capacity to deal with the challenges that are going to come up without just fleeing or running back to where you were before. And that is the growth process, you know? Like, again, I can only imagine with you, it's like, oh, we're moving to Mexico. Yeah. And then you're like, fuck, I got to travel with all this luggage and stop at all these places and get to a place that I don't even like the place I'm living in. And then I got to go to a new place. And you're like, you don't know that's going to be your experience before the fact. So you go through it and then you navigate it and you dance with those challenges. And that's what determines whether or not you're going to be a resilient human being and you're going to really stick with it and figure out what it is that you do want. You know, and yeah, I think man. a lot of people like quit during that process, you know? Oh, bro. Go, oh, I made a decision, but oh, this doesn't feel good. Bye. Dude, the urge for people to immediately return back to comfort, you know, is prominence. You know, this is this, this is the urge to return to the womb in many ways. You know, you, you leave the nest, there's challenges that arise, like, oh, let me head back to safety, let me head back to the known, let me head back to, you know, what I already know I'm capable of dealing with without really pushing, you know, our our, our own buttons, our own levers, and you know, widening our own level of competence to really navigate life and navigate reality. And again, for me, it's like, what was I, what was I, what was I, what was I going to do? You know, like I've never been someone that wants to have a heavy load. I haven't been someone that wants to commit to like a mortgage and, and be in one place and, and be stuck and just, you know, succumb to kind of what I would view as like, again, we're all individuals, but like the, the mundane day-to-day living, um, you know? And so, yeah, Mexico just felt right. And and here we are, and it feels like we're, we're turning a corner, and you know things are starting to, to to feel really good. And the other thing I want to say about Mexico is that like, if you have an online income or you have a passive income, like the visa process is pretty easy. You know, like we have a four year temporary resident visa, and after four years we can become permanent residents, and that goes for my kids as well. So oh, I think that's just an incredible gift 
to be able to give my kids as well if they can have permanent residency in another country and have another option, you know? Um, I know I would have loved that if someone gifted me that. Um, yeah. Awesome, bro. I mean, I love Mexico. I've never lived there, but I visited a bunch. Um, so yeah, yeah. I guess I guess I got to mention as well. Like summer is summer is brutal. Like at least you know, in terms of the humidity where I currently am, um, you know, I'm talking like 35 degrees from 9 a.m. If you're if you're outside, you know, so summer can you, be extreme. Celsius, Celsius, Celsius for Americans, just so Celsius. you know. Celsius. I don't know what that is. Translates to maybe 100 or something. Apparently, yeah, um, but for me, it's it's turning out to be a very small price to pay in terms of, you know, the, the benefits that we've experienced being here. Yeah. What are you most excited about? <sighs> I'm excited about right now, the unknown, man, you know, walking this path that, you know, I've walked for the last three years, there's a lot of unknown. There's a lot of uncertainty. You know, to me, the entrepreneur is the modern day warrior. He goes out into the field, you know, he's, he, he's got his weapons. He doesn't know what he's going to come up against, but, you know, he uses the materials of nature to try to forge his way. Um, but nothing is certain on this authentic path. You know, I'm not, I'm not on the highway. I'm not, I don't know everything that's going to unfold in my future, you know, as most people have a preconceived idea of in, 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 in that box. So the unknown definitely excites me, you know. Um, I'm excited of, you know, figuring out a way to really put some roots in the ground here, to be honest with you at, 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 at the moment and, and start to really create, um, you know, proper foundations and proper connections and, you know, continue to figure out how best to ideally live according to my values and according to who I am as a unique human being. And yeah, man, decide to keep wielding the sword, bro. What can I say? Yeah. I want to ask you this question because different peoples and that's the so-called truth community or people that have left um, their their countries, let's say Canada or Australia that have ended up in Mexico. You know, they talk about how the fact like the cartels like have a big influence uh, in the country mm-hmm. uh, and in the government. And then that could be a reason why like globalism hasn't taken foot to the degree that it has um obviously infrastructure is, isn't the same maybe in other countries uh, for that to happen but i'm curious if you have any thoughts or ideas on that uh, if there's any truth to it uh I'm, it could just be speculation but i would love to to hear your personal thoughts on that yeah i guess this is a big topic which we haven't touched on because many of the main concerns around mexico's safety right um and that was what we got projected on heavily when we first made our decisions you know oh you're going to be safe you're going to be safe constant fear-mongering news articles being sent to me um, in my entire, uh, experience in Mexico, in every single place that I've lived, uh, not once have I felt unsafe at, at any given point in time. Um, you know, my, my family is constitutes of three women, you know, they're, they're out there by themselves, um, living their, living their lives as well at times without me and they don't feel unsafe either. So I definitely want to, um, nip that one in the bud in terms of the places that I live. No doubt there's parts of Mexico that are unsafe. I'm not saying there's not. Um, but in terms of, you know, I guess the main populous areas where people live, where people visit, um, 
it's it's safe in my experience in terms of yeah, what you, yeah. let's say uh, you know from a financial standpoint you you want it to be safe so you don't turn off tourism you know as far as the other areas you know in mexico that aren't highly tourist areas you know okay sure they got what they have going on you know we've read the stories we've read the books etc yeah. but tourism you know money making money is the name of the game yeah man dude like the incentives in player del carmen to keep this place safe to keep it clean um to keep it popping are very very high i i see you know the 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 locals you know work very very hard to to maintain this city in particular um you know constantly cleaning the beaches constantly sweeping the streets um so yeah i totally agree with you in terms of what you mentioned previously in regards to the cartel potentially keeping keeping globalism at bay i do think that there's some truth to that i i, I definitely do um one of the truth seekers who i guess was on our previous side chat laura bolton she's lived here for three years or something i believe um, so she was here when COVID started even. And she's saying that lockdowns were only three months from March 2020. And then everything re 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 reopened again. And she was saying because the cartel wouldn't allow, you know, the, the shops to be closed for that long. Um, so from what I understand and from what I gather, I believe there is definitely some some truth to that, you know. Just the 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 globalist agenda there's no doubt does not have the same amount of pull here that it has in you know other countries other west deeply westernized countries to me that's just a reality um the cartel may play a fact may, may play a factor in that to what extent i don't completely know um but yeah i think there's some validity to that yeah definitely interesting to speculate on for sure yeah awesome bro hmm I like I like when our side chats we should just interview each other, you know, once in a while, just you know. Totally, bro. <laughs> so, how was your trip in Mexico, Joel? <laughs> Tell us about your major rites of passage during your trip. Hmm. Here is the hero's journey. Yeah. What's your favorite? What's your favorite fruit? <laughs> My favorite fruits. Yeah, you're in Mexico. There's a lot of fruit to eat. You know, right. What's your... the fruit is delicious in Mexico. The fruit is very, very fresh and very delicious in terms of finding like organic, you know, grass-fed meat. That's a little bit more difficult, you know. Um, which is another disclaimer that I would add. I love... All right, bro. Your favorite fruit, bro. What's your favorite fruit? I love pineapple, bro. I love, love pineapple, man. Pineapple, mango, watermelon. That's the holy trinity of fruit, uh, for me, bro. The drinks here are amazing, man. The combos that they make, you know, the agua frutas, different smoothies. Um, the food options are delicious and incredibly cheap, man. Like, bro, I can go, I can go have an awesome meal with my family and feed everyone, a family of four, to like 40 Australian dollars. You know, like it's Jesus. it's it, on some level it makes more sense to eat out every single day at least once. Yeah. It's like it's like breakfast in Topanga. <laughs> oh my goodness, bro. Dude. Breakfast in Topanga at another hundred dollars. Yeah, American. Yeah, you do. That's right, it's insane. Uh, yeah, uh, but yeah, watermelons my was like one of my favorites too. And recently, I've I've been addicted to just taking a watermelon and throwing it in my Vitamix and just having pure watermelon juice and just drinking it throughout the day. Do you add ice to that, or is it like a really cold watermelon? Um, I keep it in the fridge. So oh, like I, cool. I literally just take the watermelon. Throw it in the Vitamix, blend it, use a funnel, pour it in here, put it in the fridge. Nice, yeah. man. 
There was there's something on my mind which I wanted to um bring up. But it may have evaded me at this point in time. Really? Well, we got a little bit of a, you know, an update as, into your life. Obviously, most people that follow the podcast or connect with you on Instagram know that you made this huge decision to move with your whole family. Which again, much respect to you, man. Again, it's one thing to be like a digital nomad that's single or even in a relationship, like you mentioned before. But to do all this with like a four-year-old and a two-year-old, and you know that's not easy. You know, so again, I I, uh, I also want to piggyback on what you said before, and much much respect to Alyssa. I'm sure it's a lot. She's got to carry a big right. load. Super yeah. super stressful for her. Um, and so uh, yeah, much much respect on that. Totally, end. man. Totally. And that you you reminded me of what I wanted to say before, which was you know you know having having a good support network and having you know real genuine friends that can hold space for you along this process is vital if you're going to undertake something like this you know particularly because you're probably not going to meet you know awesome friends and community immediately so having like you know a a, a network um to to lean on and to share experiences with is is vital and you know bro like obviously um i'm pinpointing to you in many regards in 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 me, in me saying that like your support throughout this process has been fucking huge man um so yeah yeah man of course and and the thing is too obviously we want to have community in person you know there's there's something that's uh, you can't you can't really replace that but the next best thing is really connecting with like-minded people um you know through social media platforms through being online and you know, that's something that, you know, obviously we met that way and it's something that we we wanted to continue to cultivate with our Friends of the Truth, um, you know, membership program where, you know, we got amazing human beings from all around the world that have been, that that are connecting, that have each, that we have each other to lean on. Like, the, you know, the conversations in Telegram get really vulnerable, you know, people share things that they're going through and that they're being challenged with and to have people to hold space for you, you know, maybe you don't have it uh, to the degree that you want in person, but until then, you need yep. community. It's so important. Yeah, man. I'm glad you brought up Friends of the Truth. You know, it's just such an amazing community of of, of individuals, man, who just are, they keep it they keep it real. They keep it sincere. You know, people literally come to the community to to reach equilibrium, to be able to you know share where they're currently at and be held properly, and plus be able to connect and have some fun. Like I don't think people have properly understood what Friends of the Truth is. You know, and I'm. I'm not even sure how to market it correctly, but it's just, it's insane. Um, what, 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 what's happening over there, you know, literally like $39 a month, you get six live calls a month. Like there's nothing like this that exists in the personal development, uh, and community membership space, uh, in my opinion. So, I mean, if, if someone feels the call for community, you know, and to be able to connect and get some education, get some knowledge, um, definitely check out friends of the truth. That has been a huge safe haven for me as well over this journey. You know, I've shared intimately in there over times and I've been witness to my own process and my own emotional waves by members of our community. So lots of love to you guys too. You guys know who you are if you're listening to this. And I appreciate you all, you know, so, so, so much for that as well. Guys. Yeah, I, I agree, man. I, I agree. I, I love everyone that's in there. Um, I love getting on the Telegram channel and having all the different chats that we have uh, and just keeping it real at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, and, and really, really excited for the, for the, the revamp that we did, adding the three extra calls. So 
Yeah, man. Not going to push it too hard, but the links in the brief, you know, this thing doesn't doesn't need to be sold, in my opinion. You know, it, it is what it is. Go check it out if you're into it. We'll see you inside. Please say hello. Um, guys, we're all individuals. You know, we all have unique paths. We all have an inner voice that, you know, is guiding us in a certain direction or is telling us, you know, where we may be heading in the wrong direction, is flashing us warning signals. Pay attention to it. Take heed of it. Don't discount the fact that you living right now with animated life force flowing through your vessel is an incredible miracle. Uh, your passions, your desires, your wants, your needs, none of that is random whatsoever. Whether reincarnation is, is, is legitimate or not, I don't exactly know. But what I know is that, you know, this experience that we're all having right now is pretty short. Um, you know, and for me, I value, I value potential. And so I will continue to, to lean into and push the edges of what that means for me, uh, personally. I agree, man. Well said. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the support. Um, lots of awesome episodes coming up. Our lineup's looking pretty dope right now. Excited to have some conversations with a vast array of individuals. One thing that I love about what we do here is we can cover so much, you know. There are times when I like look at the guests that we've had and they go from week to week to week to week. And I go, we covered that topic and then we went to that topic and then we went to that topic. Uh, and it's pretty cool. Uh, but again, that's what sort of happens when you're here for the truth. You can have lots of different conversations uh, on a lot of different subjects. Uh, doesn't mean we agree with every single thing that every single person says. Uh, but this is the process. This is where do you have the psycho emotional fortitude to take in information and to navigate and grapple with different ideas and, 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 and bounce them off of your preconceived notions and, and engage in that, in that inner work, yeah. you know, that's, that's the cool part. That's the thing I think is so exciting about being alive. I've always been curious and I'm always wanting to learn and question, why do I believe the things I believe? Like, really, why do you believe what you believe? Have you like gone down that road to figure that out, especially when something new comes into your path or do you immediately dismiss, dismiss it? Do you put that wall up? And then you go, well, why am I putting a wall up right now? Why am I feeling that? This is why somatic work and getting in touch with your feelings and so is so important because there's a truth there that you need to know. Oh, wow, this, I feel this pit in my stomach. I'm feeling a tightness in my heart. Like, this is really interesting, you know? Be curious about the things that are happening in your being, in your body, with your emotions. Allow that to guide you to a deeper knowing. And this, this is what the road is. And this is what, you know, has been part, a big part of my journey and our journey. And it never ends. It does not end when you're on this path of growth and evolution. No. You're going to bump, you're going to have bumps in the road. You're going to fuck up. You're going to say things that you wish you could have said differently. You're going to get into conflict. You know, the, that's part of life. If you try to run away from that and not have any conflict and not have any challenges, you're going to be the person going, why am I not doing the things I want to do? Why did I live a life? where I feel this way? Why don't I want to have the relationships and the intimate connections that I want to have? And so you have to live fully and you have to accept responsibility that not everything is going to be rainbows and butterflies. Yeah. Totally, man. Totally, bro. Like, it doesn't matter what stage of the journey you're at. It doesn't matter where you're at. There's still the shit. 
they're still shit, right? And you just have to develop resilience. You have to develop self-knowledge, self-mastery, know thyself, and you, you can get better at navigating, but the shit doesn't get easier, man. There's always new challenges, new horizons, new mountaintops, new bases to climb. Sure, you sort out financial security. That's not going to solve everything. There's other challenges that pop up. Sure, you solve, you solve your relationship challenges. There's other things on the horizon. There's other things that come up. There's other things to deal with, you know, like, so. Yeah, and a lot of times, a lot of times when we, when we have solved, whatever that even means, when we solve our yeah. financial problems or our relationship problems, a lot of times we use that as an excuse to not do the other things. Well, I have money. I have money. I don't really need to work on myself. You know, I can't tell you how many people I've come across, you know? And yeah. so it's like, you have to be willing to put yourself in positions that force you to grow. You know, there's been periods of my life where I get com com complacent, you know, even just recently, like my wife and I started doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. We're a month in, you know, like that's a humbling process. It's really cool. It's exciting to realize, wow, like I don't have the skills, but do I want to have the skills? Just the other day, I learned how to drive stick shift manual for the first time in my life. I wanted to for 25 years. I finally did. And like that first hour, you're like, oh, fuck. So like, what are those things in your life that you can go towards learning a new skill, starting a new hobby, doing something that's going to cause your consciousness to kind of work in a different way and bring up stuff so you can deal with it? How do you handle challenges? I mean, that's pretty much what self-esteem is all about. You know, so the more you do this, you build self-esteem. Yeah. Anyways. M moving overseas. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You, 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 you have a new experience and then you're going to get feedback from your environment of where you're really at. You know, the proof is in the pudding. You do something, you see how you react to it. You see what uh, data you get from your environment and then you can reassess. You can reassess and keep, keep moving forward. That's it. If you're just comfortable the whole time, you have no idea. This is why, like, I'm not knocking, like being single is great. You can do so many things and you can learn amazing stuff and stuff. But relationship also is such a powerful vehicle for personal growth. It has been my greatest teacher. When I think back to my previous relationships and now to my relationship with Sophie, we've been together eight and a half years, married for four and a half years. Like, you know, the things that you learn about yourself when you're in uh, an environment with someone all the time and your shit is coming up to the surface and they're mirroring things to you and you're seeing parts of yourself that you're like, oh, where'd this come from? Like, that's going to cause your growth to up level, you know? And so again, like put yourself into challenging positions yeah. uh, in situations, you know, obviously be safe, but see, see what happens. Yeah. And deal with the vulnerability too, of like not knowing of like, Oh man, like I'm not good at this thing. Like I just started playing an instrument. I'm not good at this. I just started a new activity. I'm not good at this. How does that make you feel? Do you want to get better at it? Do you want to learn? And again, it's all based on you and what you value. Not everyone's going to do jujitsu. Not everyone is going to learn how to cook. It's like, what do you want to do? Like Joel said before, that when you go to bed at night, I could almost guarantee when you're by yourself, before you fall asleep, whatever is going on in your mind, there are things that are coming in. Parts of you are, are knocking on the door of your consciousness and saying, oh, you should do this and you should do that. Oh, don't you want to do that? I know you like that. You know, but then what do you, how do you take that information that, that you're getting and what do you, what do you do with it? Yeah. That's a clip right there, bro. Augie, clip that shit. <laughs> and hey guys, like if you've got any questions, um, for us or for me, like you can email us at support at here for the truth.com. 
we'd love to hear from you or head to our website and, you know, submit a submission there. Um, uh, you know, if you want to reach out directly, say hello, you know, ask me anything specifically, we're totally down. We're totally open to, um, all right, that's it from us. Peace. Smoke and mirrors, I'm seeing through the illusion. Waking up in the time, they think you're in a delusion. Somebody set the alarms, cause they be too busy snoozing. I'm in a DeLorean. Fast forward in evolution.